Welcome to the Digital Profits Podcast, where you'll learn how to grow your business faster using paid traffic and SEO. Each episode will feature a breakdown of digital marketing trends and answers to your burning questions that will provide actionable takeaways to make your marketing better. So join us, Ben Page, Ray Sawbell, and Blake John, as we guide you on your journey to higher profits. Remember to join the Profit Squad at joinprofitsquad.com and get ready to profit in three, two, one. Hey, squad. Welcome to the show. We've got everyone together here in the studio today, including... Blake John. Hey, squad. Hey, everybody. It's Ray. Hello. And I'm Ben, your host. So today we've got a fun show lined up. It's going to be the random show. And in fact, it's the last episode of 2023. So we're going to be doing a look back at this year, some of the trends, the insights, the changes we observed. And then we're going to talk about what we'll focus on moving into 2024 to get even better results from organic and paid search. So a few updates to share with you guys. In 2024, we're going to take a break from this podcast in this format to focus on our owned content, which you can find on our site, of course, 2100digital.com. We're also officially launching our Community Plus Coaching Program, which is called The Profit Squad. You can find details about that on our website. And we're going to lean in a little bit more to our social platforms, YouTube, maybe TikTok, if Blake has anything to say about it, (laughs) and certainly LinkedIn. So hoping that if we've provided any insights or value to you guys, you want to connect with us, have your questions answered, reach out to us on those channels, and we'll love to connect and just keep growing this community together moving into next year. So what a crazy year, right, guys? I mean, a few big picture topics stand out from 2023. Let's kind of think back through this year and like what really stood out to you guys? Anyone can take it away to start. Where should we begin? Yeah. I mean, for me, we've already done like two podcast episodes on this, but it's just the use of AI, right? Like at the end of 2022, I remember using tools like Jasper, Ben, you introduced me to that, but I feel like 23 was just the year of AI, like how are those, like how are we as marketers using tools like ChatGPT or additional tools to adjust our workflows? And and for me, that's been one of the key points for this year. Yeah, I posted on LinkedIn recently about this idea that the capability of AI is accelerating at an exponential rate. And to your point, Ray, you know, if we had tools like Jasper for a little while, then GPT 3.5, and then this year, GPT 4, and the additional expansion of capabilities, even within ChatGPT, but then to your point, mid-journey, now Gemini's new release just dropped, yep. uh, the evolution of Copilot from Microsoft, as well as dozens or hundreds of other micro tools that are being developed. It's getting crazy. <laughs> yeah, so, I would imagine moving into 24, things are going to move at even a faster pace. Things are going to just continue to move towards like efficiencies, I would imagine, and then just more, more the AI getting smarter, I guess, to like make it very generalized, but just more capabilities from these tools. Yeah, more efficient machine learning models, we'll say, more training tokens, more hardware and human resources being deployed, you know, toward the development and commercialization of these tools. You know, we did talk in one of our episodes about SGE, search generative experiences, the impact of AI on search results. 
I think we're going to keep seeing that have a broader and, and deeper impact. I think we'll see a lot more advertising within SGE results. And I think we'll also see some reimagining of SEO strategy to maximize visibility within those results like we have seen with featured snippets. Yeah. And it's interesting because truthfully, I haven't seen much in terms of impact on like performance from SGE and search generative experiences on yeah. uh, search engine result pages, but I suspected it like it is, but I just haven't seen it in my own world have that sort of mm-hmm. like significant decline. Cause I've, when it, when all those things first launched, do you guys remember like it was SEO is dead. Like those conversations were <laughs> happening all over again. Right. Well, that's not the case. And I think strategies will evolve to sort of continue to more like a featured snippet optimization process involved in like, how can you get into that SGE, the result that Google displays all the time. But I, yeah, I had the impact of that has been not as significant as I was ex- expecting it to be. Yeah. Or at, at a minimum, it's very difficult to quantify the impact mm-hmm. as of yet. You know, I imagine in future state, perhaps Google will release tools to better assess visibility and traffic from those kinds of results, whether that be in search console or analytics or via some other mechanism. But I expect that would be forthcoming. I I think the one area where we kind of have seen it has been on Bing. Like when I think about some of the ads that we're running on Bing, we're seeing like increases in impressions for like top of funnel navigational types of terms and like backing up like really high level. It'll kind of be interesting to see like what happens with Bing market share of people using like Edge or like that browser. I don't think it's going to overtake Google by any means, but just seeing like Microsoft and ChatGPT like working together, are more people going to shift towards that browser? I, I, I don't know. Well, and will that browser even be necessary? Before we jumped into the studio, we were talking about Gemini and Google's rapid updates to infuse their AI capability into more of their product suite, if you will, you know, whether that be in recorder, notes, et cetera. So one interesting idea is like in 2024, will there be organic and paid results that are generated by AI, but infused into other non-search products? And so think about the Microsoft Windows operating system, 365 suite, Teams, like as these different tools that we're utilizing become more integrated and AI is working behind the scenes to power more of those tools and experiences, suddenly, you know, will it be possible within your notebook LM or keep, or, you know, you're on a team's meeting and someone says, Oh, we should really look into this thing. It, will it be possible to do a search that it's like a new way of finding answers and data and mm-hmm. information at your fingertips? You know, I think something like that is coming. Google is trying to embed this into every Google tool. And like us personally, we're on Google tools all the time, like WorkSuite or whatever it is. We're going to see it all the time. It's going to be embedded in all the process. It kind of scares me because there's going to have more and more and more data on us. And we're going to be like reliant and our, all of our process will be just without Google. What, what would we be? You know what I mean? That thought scares me, but it's definitely going to go in that direction where it's just like new processes will be built in and you'll be able to do so much without actually going to a search, I think. Yeah. Or for years, there have been discussions around this concept of like second brain, right? Using things like first it was Evernote and tools like that. And then like later Notion and Notion has been leading on some AI capability in their tools. And now like even Google and big tech is bringing those same functionalities into their suite. So yeah, that, that will be interesting. Let's talk about how has the acceleration of AI's capability changed 
the way we're doing marketing and specifically SEO, pay-per-click, et cetera? Like, what are we doing differently? Because now we can upload documents. We can, I'm trying to think of some of those things to give the audience ideas on how they could begin to get more benefit from tools like ChatGPT. Yeah, I mean, I can kick us off. Like the biggest way I've been using GPT, I would say is from like a creative standpoint. It's not perfect, but it helps like I would say if you have a creative block, you can use GPT to brainstorm with you. So some key examples is like on the Google side of things or meta side of things, if you're creating actual ad copy and like verbiage, you can give it very explicit instructions to say, write me a headline that's X, Y, Z. You can break in like themes from like websites or articles or ways to like write specific ads. You can take in client feedback, give that to GPT. There's like a whole bunch of things that you can do where, where at least for me personally, my role has went from like, from a creative standpoint, I would say instead of like writing all of the ads, I'm using GPT to maybe like write 60% of it. And then I'm editing like the other 40% of it. So I'm, I would say like, I'm going from like more of like creating it to like editing the ads if the output from GPT is good enough. That's like the key distinction though, because we talked about this way back and it's gotten better, but it's still garbage in, garbage out. And if you don't give GPT a good prompt or the necessary information, it's going to give you like hot garbage. So it's really important that you are using the tools to like your workflow. And for me, it's been creative. Like that's been the big one this year for me. Yeah. Drafting and editing. And I'll add that for me, one of the game changers recently has been custom instructions. And to your point, like Ray, we've been doing this for a long time. At a minimum, having custom threads or tailored threads per client, per task that we're working on because of the ability to train and specialize even within a thread. And we're seeing too the custom GPTs that are purpose-driven being launched for that. So I, so I assume where we're heading is we'll have even more personalized data that will bring to train our own custom GPTs and, and task-oriented threads. And those will become more efficient and productive for these discrete tasks like help me brainstorm Google Ads headlines, help me draft FAQs for an article on this topic or title tag, whatever the case might be. Yeah. One other note is like, <laughs> this is maybe just a little bit of a rant, but like an, from an organizational perspective in GPT right now, I think it's not great. Like it's really hard to like find what you want. So hopefully in 24, we're also getting like better, better organizational tools where it's like folders. And I know there's extensions and stuff like that, but right now it's a little annoying to find exactly what you're looking for in GPT. If you have like hundreds of threads. It is. I agree with that 100%. And it's every extension you install, I have a little bit of paranoia. Typically I'm like, yeah, I'm opening all my threads to a third party that is unvetted potentially, you know, yeah. anyway. So there's that risk, but man, that would be great if you could do that or even like have links to threads. Like a, I'm imagining like a Google drive, like experience where you could create your own folder structure, but then you could like hot link to threads. In, it's got to be coming. Like yeah. Or like yeah. Gemini, they'll figure it out with their own for me, that would just help like my personal workflow so much. Like if I could break it down between like, even like personal work, client, creative data, like even if you can just like segment it that way, it would just make it so much more clean. And right now it's just kind of just like blob throw up of like everything. Right. Hundreds. I have literally, I have hundreds yep. and periodically, if I have a down moment, I'm, I scroll to the beginning. I'm like, do I still need this thread? Oh no, I had a better version of that six months later. Yeah, super interesting. Oh, actually, you know what? Let's talking about capability. You know what's scary good is when you're using ChatGPT, the app on your phone yep. with voice. Yeah, it's crazy. It's unreal. Yeah. I use it to tell bedtime stories to my children. <laughs> 
That's incredible. Yeah. Well, yeah. mainly they, they talk to it to like get that information to them. Right. So like, Tell me a story about SpongeBob and this and it'll do it. It's, yep. it's sweet. What do you think, Blake? How has the, you know, accelerating capability of AI tools impacted your life and your work? <clears throat> yeah. So it hasn't infiltrated my personal life and I, I feel like I've made it. I don't want it to, to be totally <laughs> honest. I really want to keep it like separate. I'm just like very cynical, I suppose, in the way that I view those things. It kind of, it just freaks me out. Optimist but, too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> in addition to the creative side of things, cause honestly, that's where I've seen the biggest benefit as well. It's like, Hey, I have this piece of text, but I need it to be more actionable. I need to be a little more engaging. Can you just edit this? And like, and, and, and getting like immediate feedback from like an unbiased, like you don't even necessarily have to use what they, but you could just take one. It's like, oh, they just flip these th- three words around. And it's like, it changes everything. Like just to give me that simple. So from a creative aspect, like that's where I've seen the biggest benefit. But I will say a couple of other areas, really, there are really mainly two. One is schema. Yeah. Writing schema for me has is like a game changer. And truthfully, it's usually not right the first time. But if you know it like semantically, like you can see it and visually like you understand, like you can make the edits pretty quickly, but like just, it'll just drop the information, everything that you need. Like it's 90% there. So, so fast, really effective. The other one is actually SERP analysis yeah. where I'll say, Hey, can you take a look at this? Like the Google, essentially Google this search term, um, which is like a newer development in the last couple of months where you can do that. And, uh, it'll tell you about like the SERP and some of the themes and some of the top competitors. And, um, it'll even give you like, sometimes it'll give you insights into say like why specific competitors are ranking or like it'll tell you about mixed intents. It's like, Hey, there's four results about this intent. And then there's another five results about this sort of competing intent. So it's really interesting. That's like, those are the kind of the two main analysis research components that I, that I've like expanded my AI, AI use with and just gotten like tons of benefits from. Yeah. The analysis side, I've been testing to some degree things like uploading CSVs from Google ads for Ngram analyses. It's not fully there yet, at least for me, I feel for like uploading the data sets, like it doesn't fully know what it's looking at, especially if you export directly from like Google, it's like, what is all this? And I find I have to like explain exactly what every column is. So that's where I'm trying to make like custom GPTs to say like, right. when I upload this type of file, you look for this, 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 or this. And it's maybe like 50, 50 right now. But I feel like once that happens, that would also be like another like efficiency play, at least for, for my own personal workflow. Yeah. Agreed. And I've seen false positives, but I think some of that can be solved by, to your point, providing definitions for metrics giving clear direction on what to look for. I need, you know, in this example, I'm looking for three grams where ad spend is high, conversions are zero or, you know, things like that. Giving it like tighter instruction would probably help help the output. Yeah. And ditto like Blake, I'll, I'll jump on what you said, using it to generate drafts of code for like custom scripts to do other analyses and platform and building micro tools and things has been really cool, really, really helpful. Yeah. And brainstorming. So analysis, brainstorming, drafting, you know, research also in use cases like you mentioned, like crawl this website, crawl this sitemap, give me a summary of the top pages or brainstorm article titles based on these URLs or, you know, like crawling at scale and crawling and synthesizing at scale to provide summaries, recommendation, like that capability is really, really cool. Yep. Really helpful. Yeah. And actually too, you, you kind of mentioned this, but I love using AI tools for drafting metadata. 
Yeah. So, because I'll just say, hey, give me 10 t- examples of a title tag for this page. And it's, it, Almost always what I see is well, they all are bad, but there's like pieces of, of two or three yeah. that it's like, oh, that's exactly. And you just kind of like mix and match and you have like the perfect title tag. And then same with meta descriptions too. Like it's you take like little bits and pieces and you kind of create like the puzzle a little bit and you can have it just, it speeds it up so much faster. And it's honestly extremely effective. Like getting from point A to point B is so much faster. Right. It's rapid. It's iterative. That's a very similar process to what I've done Mm -hmm. for things like headlines. Give me 10 possible headlines. Like this is the audience. This make sure you include this kind of keyword topic. Here are some of the benefits or USPs that this client has. It spits out 10 and you're like, keep number two, number six, and this part of number eight and recast it, re-roll, give me 10 more, you know, and then it's like that iterative, but ultimately you come to something that maybe you wouldn't have generated on your own and it's super tight and punchy. And it's just like, yes, that's powerful. And on the SEO side, since you have some knowledge of like the targeted keywords or what has volume, you can, you can say, okay, yeah, this is close. If I, if I play with word order mm-hmm. or I inject this phrase, suddenly you have a blockbuster title. Exactly. And it's so effective. I mean, the, like just the efficiency too. And I think the, like the idea that like you, you could do all these things on your own too, and you, they can be really effective, but just getting that like unbiased opinion just to see like more ways of thinking about things. Like for me, it feels like I have another person in the room almost <laughs> yes. to draft like, and that's the, the real benefit because just two minds are greater than one. Right. So getting that immediate input is just extremely valuable. Yeah. And I, a vision I have for this too, whether it's in SEO, like title tags, like you're talking about, or Google ads, copy testing, and we're trying to drive up click-through rate, or it's, you know, CRO experiments. It's like, imagine you, you've gone through this process with your quote-unquote AI co-pilot. You launch a test, like you implement the title tag, they copy the landing page update. How cool will it be in the future when you say like, here's the objective, like what we're trying to move is click-through rate in this example. And then it will run in the background doing the assessment and data collection for you. And it's just for 14 days, like monitoring, oh, you like, you know, net gainer on impressions, click-through rate went up like 0.3. And here's like the recommendation, oh, keep title tag or modify again or kill, revert. (laughs) And like the ability to kind of track those experiments at scale, that's going to be game over. Yeah, I mean, close to it <laughs> until the point when it's like fully recursive. And and what I mean is when the model can, of its own accord, make a determination, like do analysis, make a determination, implement a, a finding, and then do the monitoring and then learn from it based on that outcome. And then it has its own feedback loop that it's driving. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that not like, and I really don't know, is that not Pmax? Is that kind of... Not really. Like, okay. it doesn't make the changes itself. Okay, it just okay. takes all the assets. Well, although... It, there are the dynamically created assets. Right. That's well, what I was thinking. Automatically yeah. created assets. Which, I opt out of those normally because they're bad today, but eventually I think they'll get better. Yeah, they may. I mean, and it, yeah, it's like, it's almost like an early version, but imagine, you know, right now it's like a low resolution. It's powered by a weaker model probably. But when there's... When we're like three generations from now, as far as the models and yes. the number of training tokens and whatever... Oh, it's going to be lights out if what is writing the copy is has like digested all of the literature on like persuasion, influence, and 
psychology, human psychology and all these things. And it's just engineering, basically clickbait. I mean, if it, but it's still relevant, you know, yeah. but it's just like optimized and it can run tests at lightning speed. And no one to make the change at like every yeah. single like asset level. Correct. But yeah, that's what it's over. <laughs> and then it's, the game is going to get really interesting at that point. I mean, and this is an interesting point because Ray, one of the bullet points I had in for today on the agenda was the paradox of going manual to scale on PPC because it's sort of like context dependent on when you should use Pmax, when you should use smart bidding, when you should use broad match consolidation strategies. And Blake, imagine the parallel on SEO might be when you should do mass content versus evergreen deep content. There are situations when more is better works and situations where it just doesn't, if there's not enough signal in the noise and stuff. Super interesting. It's coming. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's interesting because truthfully, like that sort of has been happening a little bit on the SEO side where Google is like right, rewriting title tags. Remember, I, like there was a, there was a yeah. huge time where Google was really pushing re- title tag rewrites and people were really upset about it. They still do it today, but I feel like they're doing it less often. And that's obviously like the free space where things are just moving at will whenever Google wants it to happen. And it like that's sort of be- happening at the ads level too, but then there's like dollars involved. And so Google has to make like decisions based on who's willing to spend. It's really interesting like that when you lay that on top of all of that information, like, oh, well, this person is just willing to spend more money. So I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. Relevance and bid. Yeah. Man. So what, you know, we talked a little bit about, well, a lot about AI and so on moving into next year. What are we going to focus on? What advice do we have for the audience? You know, at, at all stages, right? From small startup to fortune 500, you know, everyone's doing marketing to some degree. The rate of change is accelerating. The capability of our tools are, is accelerating. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you do from a principal standpoint in 2024? I can start here. And I think this, it's good. This makes me happy because my advice coming into 2023 is the same, I think, leaving 2023. At the end of the day, from an SEO perspective especially, you really just need to prioritize your user and their needs and answering their questions, satisfying their intent, right? Like that's ultimately how you perform organically. So like that doesn't, hasn't changed and I'm happy that it hasn't changed because if that ever changes, the internet's in a bad place. First, that's how I view things. And the way that you can do that is deeper research, understanding specifically, it's understanding why competitors are ranking for keywords that you want to rank for and doing that deep analysis to understand, okay, this content is working. It's, it's meeting that user's need. How can I replicate that? And how can I ultimately beat it? I've said this before. It's, it's the same message, but that's because it's true. Like this is how you win in organic search and it's how you deliver. It's how you create effective campaigns that deliver results ultimately. So like the same, it's the same message coming into 2023 as it is leaving 2023 for SEO. Yeah. And I'll just jump on that idea real quick. You know, it's like, whether it's SEO or it's pay-per-click, begin with the end in mind. What's that outcome that we're trying to achieve? The business outcome that we're after. It's more sales, more qualified leads. It's more in-store traffic. It is something like that, right? Once you know that, then from a search engine marketing perspective, it's like, which intents, which needs, user needs, will lead to that outcome. You do a bunch of research, you know, great keyword research. And you figure out, well, these kinds of keywords have this kind of intent, which leads to this kind of outcome, sales or whatever, right? And then you just kind of keep working backwards from there. And I think to your point, it's like, you know, more 
and better research on keywords, on users, on their needs, on all of those things, you know, and then solving those needs creatively, you know, with information and products and tools and, and whatever you have at your disposal or can develop within your set of resources. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll add to Google is really, I think this is kind of a trend that we're, we're starting to see it now and it's going to continue into 2024. Google is really prioritizing like personalized content. It's why you see things like, we talked about this, I don't know if it was the last time we recorded, but notes is like a test they're running where yeah. you can leave notes about a search result on Google. It's in beta, like in labs right now, but you can do that if you sign up for it. They're also displaying more frequently Twitter or X and or Instagram, like Facebook posts with directly within the search results too. Like they're getting closer to trying, basically it feels a little more like a social media. Democratize the yeah, search a little bit, drawing from more So they're, they're trying to work in real world experience more and more and more. And that's always been a priority for Google, but like it's kind of culminating in, onto the SERP level now. So take that, keep that in mind when you're developing content. Like that's ultimately what Google wants to see is real life experience. Like if you're reviewing a product, have actually reviewed the product. Yeah, testimonials. Like, yeah, exactly. So those things are extremely important. Getting that first world experience, getting that first world feedback on whatever you're doing if, and being a subject matter expert. That's what Google wants to see That because that's, that's what the user wants to see. So Google's trying to put that into the search engine result uh, page and the search experience. Yeah, like depth, mastery, mm -hmm. authenticity, real humans mm -hmm. having real discussions with real experts or real products that have solved their real problems. Exactly. Those things are going to always have more weight. Yeah. That's really cool. I don't know, Ray, what comes to mind for you? Yeah. I mean, I thought you guys nailed a lot of that where it's like thinking with the end in mind, like Blake thinking about the user. I think like for me, when I think about paid specifically, it's, it's slowing down, but doing like the tests that matter. So not getting too broad, too fast, if that makes sense. So running, uh, broad match keywords or Pmax and going all in on those strategies. It's really testing those strategies, finding out what pockets that work and then scale them. So with all these tools that are coming into play, all the AI pieces, all the different strategies that Google, Meta, different platforms are introducing, really ensuring that you're testing them, but you're not going all in without like really vetting them. Because what I'm seeing time after time is we get too broad right away. And then there's these pockets of waste where it's like, guess what? We're adding more broad keywords. We're adding more Pmax. And then all of a sudden there's thousands of dollars of like compounded waste in there. So it's really ensuring that you're, you're testing these different strategies, but you're like reiterating on them and you're making sure that your like data is in place. So it's, it's, for me, it's like, slowing down to make sure that the current pieces that you have in place to like scale those types of campaigns. So like, again, I really loved what you guys like said too, but for from like a paid standpoint, like that's where my head's kind of going. Yeah. And from both, maybe it's worth revisiting. What is your measurement strategy? Are you collecting data signals on the behaviors users are having with your content, your website, et cetera, your ads online? Are there other meaningful things you should be tracking? Are there things you should delete? Are you sure that everything is accurate? You know, it'd be a great time to revisit. Go and fill out your forms as though you were a user. Look at the events in, in GA4 that are firing. Look at your tag manager, you know, run an audit because in order for, like in the case of paid, right? In the, in, in order for liquid campaign types like Pmax to, to work and scale, you need to have the proper signals you know, as feedback or you're effectively, you're training burning money. Yeah. It's like you're training the algorithm on what you don't want mm -hmm. if that's not set up properly. So that's really key. Here's an interesting question. It's for Blake. 
Blake, lately or in 2024 as an SEO, do you think you will spend more time making updates to existing content or do you think you'll spend more time and energy developing new content, net new content for clients? That's a good question. I would say just because net new content is more time like uh, intensive. Uh, yeah, it, it requires a, lo- a larger time, like more input, essentially. I would probably say net new content. From There's an always the standpoint. Yeah, from an impact standpoint, it almost depends on the industry. I can think of one of our clients where it's getting so, like so competitive and new competitors are popping up all the time. It's like, okay, we're falling in the ranks, not because of anything we're doing like bad or anything, but there's like new fresh content with new perspectives that's winning ahead of in, in, in ranking ahead of us. So, you know, we make adjustments there, but so it's really, it's really case by case dependent. I think that if I had to say one side or the other, it's, it's new content, it's continuing to grow your reach, increase your organic visibility for new topics, new themes, new keywords, and widening that funnel as much as you possibly can to ultimately have as much visibility as you possibly can and drive more qualified traffic. Like that's what it's about. So I like, I would definitely pick the, like the net new content side of things. Mm, Yeah. More time, more energy going there. (laughs) I wonder from an 80, 20 standpoint, if you think about what drives outcomes, qualified leads, sales, whatever it is, it's, I wonder if the relatively smaller amount of time you invest on on page updates for existing content, like pillar pages and stuff, is like the the eighty twenty though, mm-hmm. you know, because we we saw a huge example with a client this year that does uh, coaching, virtual coaching, and yes, you know, we've de- developed a ton of new content. Their organic impressions, traffic, and even like new contacts are up significantly year over year. However, I would argue that featured snippet optimization for some of the core pages may have had a greater impact. I don't know. What do you think? I don't want to like toot my own horn, but I feel like we're winning on all sides. Like all, all we're firing on all cylinders for that client really, because we're winning those featured snippets. We're also the net new content is like, we're growing at an exponential rate for them. And we're seeing, so I like, I see what you're saying. And I think I don't want to say, you know, I think I'll spend more time on new content. So that means you should just ignore what's currently working for you. Like that's not the case. You should always, there's always going to be those key priority pages that you need to pay close attention to no matter what the other inputs are. Right. Um, Don't forget about those. And those definitely exist. In fact, actually for that client, we had one of those pages, we just lost the featured snippet. Right. We've had it for literally like two years. Not even kidding. Yeah. It's been like two years. And we just lost it. So it's like, okay, this is a priority now. And we haven't been touching it because it's working. It's working. So don't fix, so don't fix it. Right. That's kind of been the mindset, but now there's been a little shift and it's like, okay, let's go back. Let's figure out what happened. Let's make some adjustments and try to get back into that featured snippet, which I think we will. We've had tons of success, so I'm not worried about it, but it's almost like wait for Google to tell you it needs to be updated kind of like you can get ahead of things. Like if you, if you know, like the seasonality is an example, mm-hmm. if you have a post about things to do in December, it's like, okay, we should update that mid November or something to get it prepared for November or December right. or, or October or whatever it is. You know what I mean? But yeah, don't forget about what's really, truly important. What's really like a revenue driver for your business. Don't orphan those pages. Right. Your golden geese. And uh, the same is true on paid. It's like, you know, there's a subset of keywords and paid search campaigns that drive, you know, it's the 80, 20. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, on our, and it's like maybe the, the takeaway, because this could vary depending too on like the level of scale in your account or complexity in your account or organically. Is it a newer domain? How many, you know, how many pages do you have? These kinds of factors like. So maybe the key is to, to kind of like know what is the 80, 20 
in terms of SEO and paid and to have the tools in place to actually monitor those and know if one of the lights on the dashboard starts mm-hmm. beeping at you, having just having that ability to do that, whether it's through like rules, you know, scripts, alerts and paid or organically other tools like those. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What else guys? feels like we're winding down and I think everyone can hear how much AI is important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but yet a lot of the fundamentals haven't changed. It's about serving users. I think it's about going deep, doing segmentation, focusing on the 80, 20 platforms, pieces of content, ad copies, landing pages at, at a minimum checking in on those and seeing how they're doing as we head into the new year. But even as you're developing new copy, new content, etc make sure you allocate time to your blockbuster hits. Make sure you're testing your highest traffic responsive search ads. Make sure you're visiting your highest traffic landing pages and looking at them from a user standpoint, doing some experiments on these things. Yeah, I think that's maybe as like a final note, that's it's a really important point. Don't forget about your user experience. Don't forget about the things your users have to do to convert, right? Like, don't forget about, I think it's easy to, honestly. How often have you filled out your own form? Like, and you, and you mentioned that earlier. It's like, yeah, that's something that should probably be almost like maybe quarterly. Just make sure there's something's not broken. Because you'll be, sometimes you'll be surprised the things you would find. Really, really important, like, insight and thing to remember going forward is just don't forget about those things because they're extremely important. Awesome. Well, that's a good place to wrap up. Everyone, thank you so much for listening and following along throughout this year. Our journey on the podcast, it's been really cool. And if you've gotten any value from this whatsoever, please connect with us. We're still here. SEM for life (laughs) and uh, join the profit squad. If it makes sense for you or reach out to us, if you have any questions or or need some help Two one zero zero digitalcom Thank you so much for listening. Your support means the world to us and allows us to help more people and grow the community. Please take a minute right now to subscribe and share this wherever you listen to podcasts and sign up for the profit squad at joinprofitsquad.com. This will get you insider access, additional tools and swipe files, and help you elevate your marketing game to the next level.